Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wind Up Podcast. I am your host, Mike Anderson, and today we are getting into natural wine. Oh my gosh, this is a conversation that I might regret having uh, because a natural wine right now is kind of kind of a trendy thing, at least if you live in LA or Brooklyn. Uh, and it's one of those things that has spurred a lot of conversations about wine and winemaking. In fact, uh, the clean wine, quote unquote, uh, movement has also been something that's kind of popped up here or there, but nothing has really caught on just yet. In fact, when it comes to either of those things, whether it's natural wine or clean wine, there's actually no technical or legal definition behind either of them, which is really where we're going to start this conversation. Because I've touched on this in a couple previous shows, and I understand the want and the desire for folks to be consuming things that are, in essence, natural. You want to know what you're putting into your body. I 100% get that. That's why we've dedicated a couple of our early shows to wine additives, what they are, and realistically, what kind of effect they have on you as a consumer and how to track that down and figure out, you know, figure out who is doing that kind of stuff. But the bigger thing when it comes to, you know, whether or not those are used and if your wine is natural is that there's no definition to it. And I think this is a huge problem within the wine industry in the United States is that there are these kind of subtle demands for certain amounts of information. It's not enough to steamroll into legislation that would require us to label certain ingredients, additives, and all that good stuff. So the kind of counterculture to that is let's say our wine's natural, let's say our wine is clean, and then let's define that ourselves. But the definitions are very inconsistent. Uh, there are numerous clean wines uh, that are out there that have been marketed as such. We only use XYZ in our wine processing and in our winemaking techniques. There are plenty of places that use two or three times the amount of practices and procedures and substances that I use in my winemaking. So is my wine less clean somehow? No, it's simply a marketing buzzword that didn't really pick up steam and except in certain enclaves and again i appreciate what you're trying to do but it doesn't make any sense i actually prefer the term natural wine to clean wine because it's much easier to understand if you hear the term clean wine you're like well then what's unclean wine where if you hear natural wine much like you hear the word organic you're like oh okay that makes more sense i understand some of the, you know, I at least have an understanding of kind of what goes into that. However, uh, this is something I mentioned in a show a couple of weeks ago is the definition ranges so broadly from one person to the next one winery to the next or one wine shop or restaurant to the next, that it's really tough to actually pinpoint what does natural wine mean. I've worked or tried to work with wine shops in the past that are say, oh, natural wine is just start to finish. You're using everything that's just naturally found on the grapes. You're not adding any yeast. You're not adding any nutrients. You might not even be using any barrels or oak chips or anything. You're just saying, hey, here's a neutral container. Here's what we're making this wine in, and this is what we're going to do start to finish. You may not use some barrels. You may use some barrels, 
doesn't really matter because those are natural wood products. So you got that going for you. But you're just, the grapes are here. The grapes naturally have X amount of yeast just on them. They'll ferment on their own. They'll eventually stop fermenting. And when we feel as though it's right to bottle it, we'll bottle it. And it's very minimal intervention across the whole thing. I've also worked with folks that said, oh, you know what? We understand that if you don't add a low dose of sulfites, you know, that the wine can spoil and actually go bad. And we don't want the wines to go bad. We actually want people to enjoy them. And if that means they sit around for a little while, there needs to be some sort of preserving agent in there. And the fact that sulfites get such a bad rap, it just kind of is what it is. But if you use, you know, a relatively low dose of sulfites, whatever that means, then your wines are okay to be here. And then there have been other folks that are like, you know what? A lot of the stuff like tartaric acid or the yeast nutrients or the yeast itself that's been cultivated, it's maybe not natural because it's not coming from the vineyard per se, but we know it's derived from these strains that we know have existed out in nature. Therefore, that's fine. Go ahead and add those to make sure that your fermentation stays healthy and you make a higher, theoretically, a higher quality, more complex wine potentially in my humble opinion. Um, so the definitions are all over the place. And realistically, this is something that I would hope starts for, you know, some of these producers who are really zeroed in on natural wine, is that they create some sort of organization that says, hey, we are actually going to test and we are actually going to, we need to know your your processing practices, your winemaking practices. We need to know, you know, what your lab tests are. You're going to submit all this stuff and very clean and simple. We can measure for some of these things and we will tell you, yes, if you can be certified natural, we're going to create a little icon you can put on your label for marketing purposes. And now we know that the wine is natural and that you're not just making up some random definition, making exceptions in certain spots where you think it's okay to do so. So, man, we are five minutes in and I'm like, immediately into the rant okay so i apologize for that i get really fired up when it comes to natural wines because and kind of the movement because of the lack of crystallization behind it there's just not enough there yet and and maybe there are a couple of organizations who are pushing for it but it's so few and far between and there's no regulation whatsoever you know legal or otherwise through an organization or a government agency to say, hey, if you're going to make a natural wine, here are the rules. You, they're just making it up as they go. Now, while that is a issue that I have with the natural wine movement is the overall lack of definition of things, there's a bigger one at play, and that is spoilage. Because if a wine is actively spoiling when I pour it out of a bottle on a regular basis, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And there's, you know, some articles online where you read, it's like, oh, well, natural wines are great. You may have to like kombucha. You may have to like sour beers. You may have to like these other things to be into natural wine because the flavors can be very funky. Uh, these things can be very, very volatile. Uh, they can be very susceptible to spoilage. And there's a lot of thing in natural wines that can go wrong because you as a winemaker are not controlling anything. You're just saying, hey, make yourself. I'm gonna be here um, doing something. Like, I don't even know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm gonna sound like such an ass right now, but I don't care. I don't know what natural winemakers do. I don't. Because if, if 
here's the thing. You're going to get grapes. They're going to get delivered to the winery. You're going to crush them into a container or press them off into a container of some sort, and then you're done. It's like, number one, that sounds like a really awesome harvest because you just don't do anything. But also, I don't, I don't under, I'm sure there are punch downs and pump overs and there, there are things you're doing where you're not adding anything to the wine. You're just trying to mix up those fermentations, make sure you're kind of going through normal like extraction processes. You're trying to make sure that you're getting all the flavor and the structure and color and all that normal stuff. But there are certain things that can go very, very awry when it comes to making wine. And if you're not going to try and control any of that, your product could potentially be just bad. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, natural winemakers, most of them are. It's I have a hard time tasting certain natural wines from certain producers. I'm going to keep them nameless for the sake of this conversation because I don't need that much heat coming down on me. But it's just lazy winemaking. It's, oh, I'm somehow being holier than thou because I'm doing it naturally. But your wine tastes like vinegar. It, it, it smells like feet. Uh, it's it's not good it's bad and it's lazy and there's a lot of stuff you could have done to prevent all that and the fact that you're selling it at all and that people actually enjoy it listen more power to you i don't understand how that works and with that i want to tell a story because my first i've tried natural wines here and there you know because i'm i'm curious i want to know what is it about these that are so catchy right now? And I couldn't find a damn thing because most of them were just bad. And th there are folks that you know, will say, oh, well, you just got to reframe what you think a wine is supposed to taste like. I'm like, I don't think it's supposed to taste like kombucha. I don't think wine's supposed to taste like a sour beer. I think it's supposed to taste like wine. So there's that. Uh, but I was wine I will say where I was because I think that's important. I was out uh, visiting some friends out towards uh, Fredericksburg and Kerrville, Texas. And there were a couple of producers that we visited that kind of like one of them, one in particular, like really focused on natural wines. Like that was their thing. Like this is what we do. We make wine naturally. And as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, my God, this is I'm going to hate everything. This is, I don't, I don't want to drink vinegar today. I just want to drink wine today. And I was so mad because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I hope that Brittany or one of the, the friend of ours who has taken us around that day is not going to say anything because I don't want them to know I make wine because I, if I get into a winemaking conversation, it's going to go poorly because the rant that I started this part of the show with is going to just come seeping out of me. There's there's no stopping it. And <laughs> I really didn't want to make that happen. So we sit down and we start tasting. I think we we're tasting maybe four or five wines. I can't remember. But the first two for sure were like, they were bad. I, I, I was like, this is, like these bottles are a problem. Like on the drive home today, you might have corks popping out of them. Like there, there, there are like... There are biological issues in these wines. Now, they're not, it's not like I say that. It's not like a, it's not like Resident Evil, like you see that Umbrella Corp, you know, with a stamp on the label. It's like this is just, it's unstable. You know, it, it, it's just unstable. 
and that's okay, you know, but at a certain, and if I'm drinking it out of like a growler or something, that probably makes more sense. I don't know. It's it just like, come on guys. Like this is like, again, like that sour beer analogy. I'm like, okay, this is what I expect. Like you pull out a growler of it and you enjoy it and you have it, have it for what it is. And it's funky and it's weird, but you enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. And the first, yeah, the first two were just rough. Like they clearly like on the road to spoiling sooner rather than later, just based on how they smelled. I was like, this is, these are a problem. The next one was actually like a, it was, it was fine. It was like, I don't know if you actually like filtered this or you kind of leaned a little bit more towards like conventional winemaking or what happened, but this wine is like oddly good given where the first two were really what rough. I do think the first two were white wines though. And I feel like naturally made white wine typically just has more problems. The reds, you can kind of get away with some stuff. Whites, I don't know. It might just be me. I feel like naturally made, quote unquote, naturally made wine, uh, white wine tends to have more issues. And the reds, because they're hardier, I don't know. Maybe there's just more going on and it masks a lot of those problems. That's like kind of my guess, I suppose. Um, but I feel like the red wines have far less issues. And as soon as we got into the reds at this particular producer, I was like, oh, these are actually pretty solid. In fact, I bought three bottles of one of them. Uh, they made uh, actually a really killer Petite Verdot, which I was like, this is weird. This shouldn't be this good. It has no business being this good. I don't even like Petite Verdot that much. It's a great blending grape, but on its own, oof, not a fan. Anyway, it was actually solid. So I'm like, I'm going to buy three bottles because I'm going to try one maybe in six months, another in a year. And, you know, I'll try it like as time goes on, which reminds me, I got another bottle of that, that I need to pop open and check in on, but it was really, really solid. And I never got to ask the question, but I was, I really wanted to know what changed. Like, like these first couple wines are a shit show. They're bad, like actually bad. But the last two and a half were like the last two were solid. The one in the middle was like, take it or leave it. But like, there was actually some good wine being made. I was like, how the hell did that happen? I, I had no idea. I'm like, how can the same place and the same winemaker taste through this lineup and be okay with it? Because it's so variable and so all over the place. There's a couple of wines that clearly have problems. There's one that's like toe in the line and maybe a couple more that are like, okay, like this is, this actually tastes like wine. It was crazy. It was just, it was crazy. And they were very, very passionate about their winemaking, very, very passionate about their brand and what they were doing in the Texas wine industry, uh, which is all well and good. But I, from a, from a winemaking perspective, maybe I'm just brainwashed. I don't know. But maybe, like, it's just, I don't understand the natural wine movement and how you can have wines have overt flaws and spoilage and be happy with it. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. So from there, we, we tried a couple other places. We went to a... 
tasting bar down in San Antonio uh, after being up in wine country that had some, had some more like natural wine selections and some folks that were like, oh, well, this isn't really what we would call a natural wine. They use some sulfites, but they just want to make sure it's solid and it's not going to spoil. I'm like, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. You know what's funny? And this is something I actually had to look up because I, I was like, like, I wonder if there's actually like data on this and there was no actual data um, but we've harped on this already so many times on the show is that like sulfites get such a bad rap, but there's no evidence. There's no study. There's nothing about sulfites that says, hey, sulfites cause headaches. There is a process and a certain and certain types of compounds that end up in natural wines because everything's just so inhibited that actually do cause headaches. Like it, like it, like these certain compounds, like there's a chance that you actually get headaches from them. And these are actually present, more present in natural wines because of the natural winemaking process. I'm like, okay, so you're making a wine that is flawed. Number one, two, it's actually actively moving towards giving me a headache. Like what's the benefit out of that? I don't know. I don't know. I should have, I'm probably gonna have to title this episode natural wines suck just to, just for the clickbait, because I feel like I'm going down that route. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I, I, I really was, I was going to try my best to not jump into a rant on this and I couldn't help myself. I'm like, just, I'm, I'm just all in at this point. So let's keep going. We're let's, we're committed. Let's just keep it going. So uh, this is something where I'm hoping that I can find someone, you know, in, in Northern California, or maybe if someone's visiting out here and they're kind of a quote unquote, like natural winemaker that I can actually sit down with and be like, what, like, what's the rationale? I like, I gotta know because, because I, again, like with the conversations we've had about additives and extracts, all the random nonsense you can use for winemaking, I understand the drive to want to make wine naturally. I do. I, I understand that you want to have something that is representative of the place and the grape and be low to no intervention in your winemaking. But if that means you're, the beverage you're making is actively spoiling and causing more issues for people consuming it, how do you rationalize that as a winemaker? I'm genuinely curious. Um, and maybe it's it's a lack of knowledge and experience, and it's it's sorting out some of those production issues and finding ways to still make wines naturally but avoid some of those pitfalls. And, and I think that's truly where a lot of natural wine plays is that it's such kind of a hip new thing that there's a certain level of procedures and things that people just are sorting out and that's kind of where I hope it is it's almost like a like a new up-and-coming wine region like maybe these certain grapes just don't grow that well there and they're kind of learning out learning the production techniques and kind of what needs to happen and how things need to happen to make the best wine from that year and that takes time that takes practice that takes effort you can't just dive in necessarily and knock it out of the park you're gonna have to take a few swings first and I kind of feel like that's where the natural wine thing is, is that it's taking swings and some of them are getting there. They're getting over the fence, but they're batting less than 100 right now. <laughs> they got a really poor batting average right now and they got to get it up to like, you know, 
0.25 or three before people start really paying attention. Uh, you know, I, that's kind of the, that seems like the vibe. Because I appreciate the hustle. I really do. Anyone who's willing to dive into wine and try and make a splash, do something different, and just be creative, man, have at it. Good luck, Godspeed. But if you're going to tell me that your wine's not flawed when it there's so much acetic acid it tastes like vinegar or that Brett has clearly taken over and, you know, this thing smells like a Band-Aid. Uh, or Pediococcus is there, or Lactobacillus is there, and there's all, sorry, I'm like rattling off yeast strains and other things that uh, we'll, we're going to have to dive into later. Um, but that's, you know, when there are overt issues, I, again, I, I don't know how you draw that line in the sand and, and be okay with it from a, from a winemaker standpoint. So it's, it's something that is just kind of crazy. So the one thing I will say is, and let me bring up my uh, cheat sheet here, um, is that if you are into certain flavors and characteristics, you know, some of these wines you'll be into. And we mentioned kind of the like kombucha or like sour beer kind of thing. For me, that's what throws me off because... If I want a sour beer, I'll just go to a brewery and buy sour beer. I don't need my wine to taste like sour beer. It's the same reason why I don't like winemakers using bourbon barrels. If I wanted something that tastes like bourbon, I would have a bourbon. I don't need wine that's bourbon-infused. Like, I, I don't get it. Just me. I don't know. Calling, calling it how I seize it. Um, but they are... They can typically be, and, and this is just kind of like random tasting notes uh, that we'll dive into here. I apologize. I'm kind of looking away from the camera for those of you watching because I want to kind of rattle through these notes that, I, that I've got here. Um, they're typically, you know, more, they're less fruity. They're more yeasty uh, than a typical wine. They smell almost like yogurt or like a Hefeweizen beer. Um, they typically can be cloudy, similar to a Hefeweizen. There's a lot of stuff that's still in there because they haven't been fined or filtered typically. So that kind of checks out. I, I love a good Hefeweizen. So cloudiness in a beverage doesn't bother me. And if you drink kombucha, you, I know you're not opposed to cloudiness in your beverages. Uh, they definitely lean towards the sour and yeasty end of things. So it's a very different flavor profile than wine in general. And I think maybe that's part of my roadblock is I'm so used to the beer side of things. And like if I'm drinking those beers, I get it. But if I drink a wine that tastes like that, it seems really off-putting. So I'm going to give myself maybe that critique is that as much as I don't understand it from a winemaking perspective and how much I disagree with it in a lot of ways... I'm just, I just, I can't wrap my head around those flavor characteristics being in wine because for me, they don't belong there. Because for me, if those flavors are in there, that wine's going bad. Like we got problems here and I got to fix those problems to make sure this actually tastes like wine. Like that's, that's where my head goes. Uh, here are a few of the, I guess, most popular styles uh, of of kind of natural wine. You do see a lot of orange wine that's out there or more than you used to uh, because those are white wine grapes that are fermented on the skins, kind of made like you would a red wine, uh, basically. Uh, but it's, it's actually a pretty old school technique. This goes back like ancient, like Roman, I think maybe it's, you know, popular in Italy and Slovenia primarily. Um, it goes back like, 
centuries, if not like millennium, to be like, oh, we're just crushing grapes and this white wine grape ends up being kind of orangish in color. Um, so you do see a lot of natural wines with uh, orange. You do see plenty of rosés. You do see um, pet nats, which are the sparkling version. Uh, it's a sparkling wine that is, it's it's not method, uh, uh, it's not the method champenois, but it's the, it's called, I'm going to mess up the, my French is terrible. Um, so my, it's going to be called method ancestral, which I always think of like ancestral uh, mezcal, where it's like, oh, these are, um, it's agave that's found like out in the woods, not like farms. I, you know, it's, it's, that's a type of mezcal like designation from what I understand. Um, but it's finishes fermenting in the bottles, which causes it to be carbonate and looks like a spritz. Um, you see some of it from France and it'll typically, again, maybe be a little bit cloudy uh, because, you know, there's still stuff just floating around in there. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a disgorged like you would typically with a champagne or even a cava or a Prosecco in some way, shape or form. You're still just going to keep stuff in there and just, it'll just settle to the bottom as like sediment and things like that nature. Uh, you do see, it does seem that there are folks that don't use as much like new oak aging on these wines, which I think kind of makes sense because if you're trying to really focus on the grapes and some of these, you know, interesting, we'll call them characteristics, you don't necessarily want to have this heavy oak impact and it just doesn't really jive all that well. And I think this is, that kind of translates to like the sour beer world where they're gonna use like used wine barrels and other things. They don't necessarily want to have, you know, really intense characteristics coming from the barrel. They know the barrel is gonna help kind of elicit some of those things, but they want it to be used uh, and in essence neutral. So this kind of checks out is that you want to, you wanna use a container that's probably either neutral um, or has been used quite a bit in the case of like an oak barrel. That way you're not having like a huge, huge impact on the wine overall. Uh, there is the question that is, you know, are natural wines like better for you from a health perspective? Uh, realistically, this is probably the most controversial part of this thing other than my own opinion that I'm not a huge fan of natural wines and I don't understand them. But from what I understand in, in reading that I've done and what I have in my notes, and I, I haven't been able to find like a good source on this. This this was kind of a tough thing. I'm going to dive into this more and see if I can't revisit this down the road um, or, again, have someone on who can explain this uh, a little bit more to me because I'm just less familiar with why natural wine kind of is the way it is and what's possibly good, bad, or ugly about it. Hey, Ralph, what's going on? Uh but there's really no evidence that a natural wine is better for you. You know, again, a lot of folks will say, oh, it doesn't have sulfites like that. That's everything. And it's just not. Sulfites get a really bad rap. And realistically, they're so prevalent in so many other things in such higher doses. The amount of sulfites in wine are kind of the least of your, they're just the least of your problems. And there's no scientific evidence to say that they're causing any, you know, you know, side effects, like even headaches, it's all anecdotal. And it's nothing that actually has been measured. So scientifically, I'm sorry, like sulfites aren't the problem. They just aren't as much as you sulfite haters want to hate on them. They're not the problem. I'm sorry. They just aren't. Uh, you know, natural wines as, as we got here, uh, they are unfiltered and unfined, which means any impurities remain in the wine. And this is where I start to have a bit of a problem because this is where you can have 
things like uh, tyramine. Uh, this is something that studies have shown that actually does cause headaches and migraines. Uh, this is a type of compound that is elicited from some of these native yeasts on occasion. I wouldn't, this is not like something that's ubiquitous and all over the natural wine thing, but if you use these, some of these natural yeasts that, you know, form out the vineyard sites um, and you produce something like tyramine, that is something that can cause more headaches and migraines and things of that nature. So you may have wines that are made naturally that actually make you feel worse than a wine that didn't go through that quote unquote natural fermentation. You know, I, again, that's probably a red flag for somebody. Probably someone's probably going to throw some heat my way and that's okay. I want to have a discussion about it and let's get after it because I'm, like, I'm genuinely interested in why you would do that or, or risk that, you know, as a winemaker. And last but not least, you know, sulfite-free wines, going back to the sulfites, they're less stable. It's, they act as a preservative and as an antioxidant. They allow wines to last a good amount of time. So with that, you know, wines without sulfites are very sensitive. They spoil a lot quicker. You have to consume them pretty rapidly. They're not, they're not shelf stable. They're just not like it. Like think of it this way. When you go and buy organic produce from your local farmer's market, or maybe a whole foods or whatever the case is, the stuff that's labeled organic typically lasts a shorter amount of time than stuff that isn't. Why is that? Preservatives, uh, typically. So, you know, keep that in mind. That's not something that's out of the realm in any way, shape or form. You just have to understand that don't buy a natural wine and be like, all right, 10 years from now, we're opening it for our anniversary and it's going to be great because it's probably not. It's probably going to spoil sooner rather than later and realistically just get a jump on it and consume it. So my piece of advice there, if you're really trying to hunt down natural wine, make sure to consume those things, you know, soon rather than hoping they get better with time because the chance that they do is pretty few and far between. I will say too, is that natural wines do have something that I love, which is typically a higher acidity. Uh, the pH level is typically much lower. There are much, much more acidic, um, you know, and that actually creates some stability within the wine. Uh, the lower the pH level, the higher the acidity, um, your wine is typically more stable. So there is a way to mitigate that. However, it does mess with your harvesting because if you want to get like big, juicier, jammier fruit and you're waiting late into a harvest season, that pH level is going to keep going up and that acidity is going to keep going down, which means if you're going to make that wine naturally, as you let that fruit hang, your wine is getting more and more unstable. So at a certain point, my assumption would be is that if you're trying to make a natural wine, you have to hedge your bets and say, all right, we're picking early, even though we might not have the flavors and characteristics we want, because if we don't, this wine's going to have a lot of problems down the line. And I feel like that's potentially one of the tipping points in like a good and well-made natural wine versus one that's really rough is waiting for flavors and characteristics when the numbers and the chemistry that's going on within the vineyard and the grapes is going to really start 
giving you an uphill battle to fight and what the quality of that final product is going to be. That That's probably the interesting point that I, I was really able to find on these and whether or not, uh, you know, kind of these certain production practices or harvest practices are causing some of these things that I personally don't like about natural wines. Uh, I mean, realistically, they're just... Uh, Man, it, they're just they're just kind of an enigma to me. I, I'm not exactly sure how to get past a lot of the issues that I've described with natural wine and why I think there are more problems with them than there are solutions when it comes to wine drinking. Uh, a, bi a big part of that is I feel as though like the yeast we use for fermentation are naturally derived. Uh, yes, they are propagated in a lab, but they're propagated in a volume in which my fermentations stay stable. You know, it's no different than a brewer adding yeast to their beer fermentation. Um, and I don't really understand why there'd be a bone to pick with that within the wine industry. Um, that's something that seems just kind of silly uh, to me. You know, if you're if you're using a lot of extracts and concentrates and enzymes and like other things to make your wine, okay, like that's where I draw the line in my winemaking. I understand why that's where you might uh, on the natural uh, winemaking side of things as well. Uh, but as we've discussed, there's a lot of these things that are derivatives or naturally extracted. Uh, yes, they're processed, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, some of them are even organic. So if you're using a certain substance that's organic in your wine uh, and it's a, you know, a fining agent, is your wine now not natural because it's been fined with something else that wasn't found in the vineyard? I got to That's that's a tough question to answer. And I think that's something where I'd be like, of course, it's natural, you know, or if you're using an organic substance and uh, or you're using organic eggs for egg white fining, uh, does that mean that your wine is now in natural because you find with egg whites and because you had to filter it to get those egg whites out of there. I like the, like these are questions I have. And, and I think it's something that the natural winemaking side of things really needs to think hard and long about if it's going to actually gain traction and become not just a trend and a buzzword or buzz phrase, I guess. Uh, you know, I just don't think without the the standards and regulation and some sort of governing body to kind of say, hey, this is what we qualify as natural, much like when organic or biodynamic certification goes, you're kind of just lost in the weeds. And even if that does happen, I think there are quite a few questions that need to be answered when it comes to, you know, what we just posed, when it comes to other organic substances being used in the fining of your wines like is a filtering process technically technically not natural I, I don't know you're not adding anything to the wine in fact you're taking things out of it when you're filtering so i don't know and, and maybe that's another ace in the hole for some of these natural wines that are really rough and tumble is that hey if you go through and you filter some of these and you knock out some of the stuff that's causing problems, you have a much more stable, much more consistent product. And I think a better wine on the whole, most likely. But um, it seems to be that like filtering and fining tends to be kind of a, 
a tipping point for whether or not some folks consider a wine natural or not. Uh, I think this 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 movement, this natural wine thing, has a long way to go. There's a lot of stuff that even I don't understand. As long as I've been making wine, as long as I've been in the industry, the natural wine thing is is an enigma to me because I just don't get it. Uh, a big part of that is the lack of regulation and no actual definition behind it. A bigger part is feeling as though some of these wines are being made and they're being bottled with overt flaws and huge issues when it comes to or when it comes from a winemaking perspective yet they're still being bottled it just it, it's it's tough for me to wrap my head around and i i do hope that uh, something that we can do later on down the line is bring some folks or someone in who's willing to give us a little bit more depth and insight into natural wine and really talk some shop and get some cards out on the table so Thank you so much for tuning in. That is the long and short, on my opinion, on natural wine and what we have going on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to leave comments, questions, everything in the comments. Hit subscribe if you haven't already to get new episodes when they're released. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time.